This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. This is Odyssey's 49ers web zone No Huddle Podcast. I'm Al Sacco along with Brian Rennick and Zane Nachby. And our guest today is someone I've actually wanted to have on for quite some time. So I'm a big fan of his work that he does covering this team. He is the 49ers beat writer for KNBR. He is Jake Hutchinson. Jake, what's up, man? Not much, man. appreciate you guys having me on. Nice little rainy day in the, in the Bay Area. I'm kind of loving it. How are you guys doing? Good, man. We're glad to have you. Like I said, I, I think you've done a really great job covering this team. When did you When did you start at KNBR? I think like three, four years ago, I started, I was covering the Giants in like 2018 at the back end of that horrible season that they had. Okay. And then I got, <laughs> I got a little bit of the Warriors. I think it was their last season at Oracle. And then our, uh, our, our uh, Niners beat writer switched jobs and it came open. So it kind of worked out. And that was Brad Almquist, right? Yeah, Brad was great. He's, uh, I think he's in Chicago now. He's got, got a cute dog, lives, lives near the lake. It's pretty, <laughs> he's, he's living a good life. That's good for him. Yeah, I, I was at KNBR. I, I may have been the shortest tenured employee in KNBR history, and I was there when uh, Brad was there. So I don't know if anyone has been shorter tenure than me, but I don't know. Anyway, back to this team. So, Jake, the first half of the season with the Niners, it was pretty up and down as we mm-hmm. come accustomed to with the Shanahan era. What was your overall take on this team through the first eight games? It's like it didn't surprise me a ton. Um, you know, the, the first game, it's – it's something where, you know, people will be like, you lost to the Bears. It's like, well, you lost to the Bears in a monsoon with, like, a quarterback starting his first game. Like, that ha- that happens. You know, like, Trey Lance played the rest of the season. That's a game you probably just write off. Um, the the Broncos one was brutal. I was there uh, with Sam, Sam, our video guy, who's uh, from Denver, who was, you know, in pain the entire game and then, you know. <laughs> Uh, quietly enthralled, trying not to be a homer at the end, but he was he was stoked. That was a brutal one, just from every aspect. But that's like every Broncos game, as we've seen. You know, their defense is outrageous. The Niners' offense isn't really clicking. And I think you go back to last season; they were three and five, and 
you know, it's it's something where this offense, I think because it's so predicated on timing, movement, you know, executing that one key block to turn, you know, a five-yard play into a 25-yard play or a touchdown, you know, I, I think it is something that can take time for it to really click. So them being four and four, you know, halfway through the season, I don't think is a total shock to me. Um, you know, they definitely underperformed in a lot of areas. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you're 3-0 and in the division. Uh, you know, you've got Christian McCaffrey now, which is just ridiculous. It's like a Madden trade that you would have made. Um, so it, it, my takeaway from the first half of the season was the defense, when healthy, was pretty much as good as we thought it could be. Uh, the offense was underwhelming, uh, which, you know, e- even though it is based on timing and all those things, you, you kind of expect more out of a team with Kyle Shanahan as their coach and, um, you know, with so many weapons. But, you know, maybe some of that is Jimmy just like, you know, not playing at all in the preseason, not even throwing with the team. So at, at the end of the day, four and four in a very weak conference, uh, not the strongest division aside from the Seahawks somehow. Uh, I, I think they're in a pretty good spot. Jake, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I think if you tried to make that trade in Madden, Madden would have rejected that trade. So it's, it's you can't a, even it's trade even them any better than Madden. Madden. You can only trade like yeah. three. It's terrible. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's I, what I'm really excited for is to see when Debo comes back, um, just like how they use. I want them to go like split back, you know, backfield like old yes. like two, two or three point stance or three point stance in the backfield, just old school you know, wishbone offense with those guys. That would be incredible. <laughs> yeah. And the addition of Christian McCaffrey, it seems like it really injected a lot of life into this team. Did you, have you noticed a different feeling in the building once that happened? I mean, the, the day he got in, it was noticeable. It was like the day before, I think it was, I want to say it was a third, it was a Thursday before and Thursdays are usually sort of low energy. And it was just like, I was, I was like, God, this is, you know, there's nothing new about this team. You know, we know who they are. We know Jimmy. It's like, you know, if Jimmy plays well, like they have a chance, but the defense isn't playing that well. So it was kind of like a mopey Thursday day. And then McCaffrey gets there and there's like a buzz in the building. Billboards lit up. There's so much more media just in general. The building felt alive. And then you get in the locker room and everybody's kind of like looking around. Like I remember talking to Dre Greenlaw and I was saying the same thing that I just said to you guys about Debo and, all the mismatches they can create. And he was just like grinning ear to ear. He's like, I don't, I don't know how defenses are going to stop that. Um, and then, you know, guys were just picking his brain. Like Ufanga came over immediately and just sat down with him and was just asking McCaffrey questions for 10, 15 minutes. So, yeah, I, I think Lynch said it too. Like there was a buzz. It definitely picked up the energy. And I think anytime you make a trade where that says like, hey, we're going for it right now. And the team is sort of, you know, in, in the middle where it's it's not clear what direction they're going in. I, I think that did definitely provide a, you know, a major jolt for them. Yeah, and the offense looked better in, in, in week eight against the Rams than than it had all season. But overall, it's it underachieved in the, in the first half. When you see all that talent, you have Kittle, you have Ayuk, you know, now, now you have McCaffrey, just you have Debo, obviously. Were you surprised that they had so much trouble scoring points? Yeah, yeah. For like, I, I, w- I was surprised and not surprised because when you look back, it was one or two little things every game. Which, but at the same time, like it's too talented a team for one or two little things to throw you off. And that's part of that is just Jimmy's your quarterback, and 
you're not going to take a lot of deep shots. So everything's predicated on a screen going, you know, like 40 yards down the field or, or breaking something loose. And so when you're predicated on yards after catch and, you know, you miss one or two key blocks or you have, you know, holding penalty bring you back five yards and then you don't get that first down to, you know, set up what you were planning later in the drive, it, it kind of does make sense that they get stuck in mud when they didn't find a rhythm and they weren't getting those things to, you know, get defenses to overcommit one way um, or, you know, just set up plays where, you know, even even like something that like they did last year, a lot of where they do a pitch back, but it was it would go straight and it would get defenses moving one way or another. It felt like they couldn't establish those basic things uh, to just get a feel for the defense. Um, and so I think last game you saw them really, they knew the Rams well. They got in a groove. And, and Shanahan said the previous two weeks he'd seen improvement. I, I'd agree with that. Um, the offensive line was, you know, looks a lot better. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's a team that was predicated on a lot of things going right. And, you know, one thing goes wrong and doesn't work. Uh, and, but now they have I, I think they have some pretty tangible confidence, you know, going into this next half. So the defense when we, you know, we've kind of talked about this in the past uh, on the show where when the defense is healthy, it's elite. And, you know, injuries have kind of brought this back down to earth. Plus that Kansas City game kind of changed our outlook a little bit on the defense. What do you kind of expect from this defense in the second half of the season? I think it's it's tough to say, given that like Armstead, he talked a little bit in the locker room today and he seemed he was like, uh, you know, he expected to be back sooner. And it's a weird thing where sometimes you get frustrated watching him because you're like, is he doing anything sometimes? And and I know that can be like an unfair <laughs> criticism, you know, when you get stuck in the middle and, and you don't necessarily have like a big play every time. But when he leaves, you see his impact and it's you know, Ridgeway and Akeem Spence and some veterans and, and Givens, you know, they do well, but it's not the same. You don't have a star in the middle. You don't have Kinlaw. And so I think if they get Armstead back, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be this week, next week. I, I think it's looking more like two to four weeks rather than this upcoming week. Um, but if they can get him back for the stretch, like the final four, especially that Seattle game, that Thursday night game that's looking huge, I think that raises the level of this defense uh, tremendously. Kalia Davis, the rookie that they drafted that we haven't talked about, he told me in the locker room today that he th- thinks he might be able to come back pretty soon. Oh, wow. Uh, and he has a little like DJ Jones wiggle to him. I, I don't know if, if they'll activate him or what. Um, but I think up front, that's the biggest issue they're facing because Aziz is coming back. Uh, they had some tackling issues when he was gone. You know, Greenlaw's been nursing some things. So something where I think the rest of the defense is solid, but up front, they've had some weaknesses. Um, that said, I, I think it's going to be probably a top 10 defense the rest of the way if they're even moderately healthy. You know, I don't know, you know, do they get back to that top five even elite top two top three defense status that they had early on I think that probably depends on getting Armstead and and Verrett back if Verrett can be even you know two-thirds or half of what he was in 2020 uh because you know Emmanuel Mosley I don't think we you know we knew he was playing well his tackling's incredible for a corner but the void he left I think went probably underappreciated so if Verrett can get back and be even half of what he was that would be huge and if Armstead can come back even in a, in a part-time role and ramp up I think that would be massive 
I know real quick, Jake, I know Zane has a follow-up. I just wanted to follow up on that Kalia Davis. I know that when they drafted him, all of the talk was that he was going to go on pup for, for this year, basically have a red shirt year to recover right. from that knee injury. I know you said you talked to him specifically. Have you talked to anybody else that has said anything about the possibility of him coming back this season? Or was that more just kind of a one-off between? No, you it was just him? a one-on-one -on -one, and it's something where, you know, when it's a long-term injury like that, we don't get updates for a while. So it's something where you never know talking to a player. Are they just excited because they, they feel good? Or are they actually in the team's plans to come back imminently? It's it's not clear. But based on, like, the tape I watched of him in college, he could definitely be a difference maker. I mean, he was like a like DJ Jones, like low-pad level. He's like a level. physical clone, yeah. He's yeah. like 6'1", real, real athletic. Right, right. he's, he's like Jason yeah. Poe, you know? Yeah. Like one of those guys that's got a low center of gravity, freak off – you know, athleticism right off the ball. So I think, I don't know if he's coming back, um, but if they activate him and he's anything like he looked in college, I, I think that could be substantial too. Yeah. I, I wanted to kind of follow up on uh, the thought of this defense kind of returning back to what it was before, I guess, before all the injuries that Kansas city game. And then they followed it up with the, that ramp, you know, the uh, Falcons game, and then the first half of the Rams game, they were shaky at times. They gave up that long drive right at the beginning. They just couldn't get off the field with multiple penalties in the end zone. Like, are those three instances kind of like aberrations to you? Or is that like, you know, leaks in the dam a little bit and something that we should be concerned about as we go forward? Yeah, I, I think it's something where, you know, it, it's – I think Emmanuel Mosley was such a crucial part of them – not just being able to run like cover six and, and do some clever things with their coverages and just be in sync. Um, but like, just, just like being reliable and, and like knowing that he's going to have his guy, you, you have two basically shut down corners. Uh, and so when he's out and you put a guy like Diamador Lenore out outside and he's been excelling inside, I, I think there's times where you get mix-ups naturally with young players who are playing different positions. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that's something where, if that increases and it's like a major problem of them having those issues, you definitely need to find another solution. But if it's a couple times a game with a young player uh, and then eventually you can work a veteran back in the lineup and Verrett, I, I think it's something where you just, you accept that that can happen. Have you seen Verrett much in practice? How has he looked at least on the practice field? He's, I mean, he was running pretty hard. I want to say three, four weeks ago, but I think, a lot of like Kyle's philosophy and in, in general, like what he decides to do is predicated on like things that have gone very badly for him in the past. So like in Rhett's instance, they brought him back against uh, Pittsburgh in, in 2019 and he just got cooked back to back plays on go balls. They tested him out immediately and he just got burnt. And that was the season. Uh, and they said from the start that they really wanted to avoid something similar. So it's something where physically I, I think he's been fine like to go for a, a week or two, but they're being extremely cautious because of he is maybe the lengthiest injury history on the team, like a pretty tragic injury history given his talent. Mm -hmm. um, but the fact that they keep betting on him and that when he does come back, he's really, really good. Uh, it's something where yeah. you don't want to, you don't want to bet too much on him being back to full health, but he has looked good. You know, we, we don't see him. We don't see the extent of practice and, and him in coverage. You know, they kick us off the field by the third or fourth drill. But the way he's moving physically looks really, really good. And uh, I think if he can 
I don't know if they'll start him right away. I'd imagine they try and get him some spot snaps maybe. That's what Kyle was talking about the week before. You know, it could be wrong and they just start him right away. But I think it's something where maybe they ease him back a little bit, uh, get him some some snaps where Lenore goes to the nickel, he goes outside and doesn't play the entire game. That would make a lot of sense to me, um, especially against a team, you know, like the Chargers that likes to spread it out a lot, uh, even though all the receivers are injured. <laughs> And yeah, they are decimated. Uh, but yeah, I think he's been moving pretty well from what I've seen. Awesome. That's, that's good to hear. So <clears throat> Jake, or before we get you on out of here, uh, we got, we'll switch gears a little bit. Uh, we were talking about the defense, uh, but we got to talk a little bit about Trey Lance. So it, it's probably for 49er fans, it's almost hard to remember, but this season really was going to be about the development of Trey Lance, right? And, and, Right. hoping not only that he developed, but, you know, it coincided with still a playoff run with, with a squad that was, you know, built to, to contend for a postseason spot. Um, so it's been, it's been a minute, but what were your, essentially what were your thoughts on Trey Lance, his development, how he looked in the preseason, in the off season program, you know, the, the, the game against the bears. And then that, that first quarter, do you have optimism for, for his development? You know, where, where do you feel like he was at? Can he pick up where he left off and, and what does the future look like at that position for the 49ers? It's really hard to know. I mean, I, I was probably more impressed with him last camp than this camp. Um, which is to say, like, I think they, they used him in ways where they thought he was likely to be successful in the short term. And then once defense has respected that, they'd probably start opening it up a little bit more. I think they went a little too far in that direction. And it's something where, you know, I think Lamar Jackson had had a couple years there where, you know, they were using him so much as a runner that he didn't develop as a passer. And I think there was a little bit of a threat of that. Uh, and it's just tough because I feel like this team, regardless of who's at quarterback, is destined for 10 and 7. Uh, and I think Lance, you know, he – part of the thing is, like, I almost wanted them to run – sort of this, not the same offense they'd run for Jimmy, uh, you know, obviously run him, but throw in, like, here's the thing, like, Jimmy isn't a huge playmaker with his feet. And what I was excited to see, and what's so frustrating is, you wanted to see Lance, you know, when a play breaks down, go off schedule. Like, that was the stuff where even that alone, even if you don't use him as a runner on design run plays, I think was going to be exciting to see. And I think would have taken this offense to another level, even if he was, you know, replacement level as a thrower, just because it's those big breakaway plays that, you know, break a defense down, make them question themselves and their, their assignments. Um, so that's part of what's really tough to see. And, and I get why they used him and it was successful when he was a runner downhill and he definitely struggled to get to the edge. Uh, he admitted even that like he wasn't, you know, he, the NFL's faster. You know, there's so many athletes on defense now where, you know, linebackers are 220 pounds flying at you that it's hard to get the edge unless you're a crazy freak athlete, which he's athletic, but, you know, he's, he's not as quick as Fields or, um, or as crafty as Mahomes, you know. So it's something where ex expectations going forward, I don't know. This was going to be a major, major year for his development. Um, you know, there's there's reason for pessimism coming off a major injury. Uh, there's also reason for optimism that he's still insanely young, uh, has crazy arm talent, you know, clearly has like a physical ability to make plays happen. 
and you'd see it in, in camp where he'd, you know, run off schedule, play would break down and, and he'd find, you know, he'd find somebody open. So for me, it's just, it's just tough. You know, I was so excited to see what he could do good or bad because no one really knows, you know, he's one of the biggest question marks in the NFL. And I think anyone that's saying they're fully confident in him coming back and, and being incredible or being a franchise quarterback or being fully pessimistic that he's never going to make it. I, I think it's impossible to say just because coming into the NFL, he's a question mark. We didn't see much of him last year. Didn't see much of him this year. He's still so young, still so raw. It's We still don't know all that much about him, uh, which is kind of frustrating and, and disappointing part about the season. Jake, before we let you get out of here, I got to ask you about the OBJ thing. Do you think there's anything to that? You think it's just rumors? What, do you ever see him in a, in a 49ers uniform? I mean, I know they were interested in, was it 20? Was it last year? They were interested last year. I think they've been interested before that. And basically because they were three and five, they, they couldn't even really make a pitch to him. So I would say like he definitely wanted, he was interested in the 49ers from what he said last year. But again, they just you know, weren't in a position where they were enticing to him. And obviously he made the right call. Um, so I, I wouldn't say it's super likely or super unlikely. I think it's something where they're going to look into it for sure. I, I think other teams are probably more desperate at wide receiver than the Niners are and might make, you know, more compelling financial pitch. But at the same time, they do have a little bit of cap room to work with. And so I think if they're in the ballpark, especially if they win this week, that would put him in a really serious position where it's like, okay, you're contenders. Um, you know, you don't have to play every single snap. We have enough guys where you can work back into action, you know, get yourself up to full speed. So I'd say if the way, you know, if I was him, the 49ers would definitely be in the mix. I wouldn't say they're favorites, but, you know, him to come to the 49ers and they make a, a decent financial offer, I don't think it's out of the question at all. Awesome. Good stuff, Jake. Take some, thanks so much for the time, man. We really appreciate it. Hey, no worries. Thanks for having thanks, me Thanks, Jake. Great talking with appreciate you, man. Thanks, Jake. All right, guys. And that's what I think we should lead into is with this OBJ thing, because I saw it was Jake Glazer today. Puts up yeah. the Niners. We're, we're kind of interested hey, in him. And- hey, Al, before we start into that, I do want to yeah. say, because we we've been asked to do this, so we will do it now. We would like to remind you guys, subscribe to the No Huddle Podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast, Odyssey, Apple, Spotify, wherever it's at. Again, we are a member of the Odyssey Network now. We are everywhere. Please make sure to subscribe. And then also, if you're here right now, hey, subscribe to this channel as well uh, over here on YouTube. So go ahead, Al. So yeah, Jake Jake Laser brings us up. And like Jake just said, the Niners interested in him last year. I know in 2019, they thought they had him uh, before he went to Cleveland. The Niners were really in on that. So it's been a history of them, sort of some flirtation there with OBJ. I don't necessarily know. I mean, there's so many mouths to feed right now, but I'm not going to complain for another, you know, big time player coming in. Um, but what do you guys think? You think this would be a move that can happen? Do you want it to happen? What do you think? I think it's a move that can happen. Uh, it's, I, I would never say no to OBJ being on the team. You know, I think, I think part of, part of what makes it, part of what makes it even more likely than, than, than possibly at first blush is that, Juwan Jennings, for as good as he was down the stretch last year, uh, hasn't really been, I think, what they expected him to be this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he has a drop rate of like 20% or something yeah. like that on the targets yeah. that he has, which is obviously not ideal. 
And, you know, you look at, you look at what he could do for this offense and it's like, I mean, you think about, you talk about 11 personnel, right? One running back, one tight end. If you have 11 personnel with OBJ, you're looking at Debo, OBJ, and Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, and George Kittle on the field at the same time. Like what, as a defense, what do you, what do you do to that? Now, obviously the ceiling for the offense is it will be limited by the guy under center, but Jimmy Garoppolo playing the best football since 2019. Let's not forget that. And to have a guy like OBJ on some in-breaking routes, right behind some of that shallow stuff, the same way that the Rams used them last year, I think it would be huge. And, and, you know, Jake talked about a financial package. I saw on Twitter today, someone said, that you know he's possibly looking for more than just a deal this year and the 49ers I think are in position to offer that and I think what they could do theoretically is offer him a 3 year deal which includes this year which would coincide with the through the 5th year option of Brandon Ayuk so you could have OBJ through Ayuk's 5th year option and then now you can extend Ayuk you know after that fifth year option and you're not paying OBJ, Ayuk and Debo. So I think it, it fits financially. It obviously fits in a football sense. Um, I, I would be, I would be over the moon like this offense. Again, it would, it would be an all in move and it would be exactly what we said with Christian McCaffrey, even more so now, no excuses. Yeah. I think the idea of mouths to feed is an interesting one because sometimes and I'm, I'm going to be the, the wet blanket here. I'll play the Al Sacco role here. Oh, <laughs> you have two wet blankets? <laughs> Is that, you know, so there's only one ball, right, to go around. And everybody needs touches. Debo needs his touches. Kittle needs his touches. McCaffrey needs his touches. Ayuk, who has had a really, really good season thus far, I, I'd argue probably his best half season, at least, that we've seen from him. And on top of that, you throw Odell Beckham in there in, into the mix. Uh, and, of course, not to mention Juwan Jennings as well, who's a third-down monster. But throw Odell, Odell Beckham in there, and all of a sudden you have one football to go to five legitimate pass-catching or running threats. And that's not even counting guys like Elijah Mitchell who are going to need touches. That doesn't count, like, you know, the one or two touches that check will need or get, right, for, for the mismatch. So – I like the idea of adding like star caliber players, but Odell Beckham's 30 years old coming off of a major knee injury. And he hasn't had a really solid season since 2019, right? Since that season where he, he was with Cleveland. So I, I hesitate to give up too much for Beckham right now because you're upsetting an already sort of uh, uneven offense where we don't really know what it is. So I, I'm not entirely on board with that, but I like the idea of going all in. So I like, I like the idea of making it like a three year, like you said, Brian, three year sort of move. Debo signed a three year extension. Kyle's here till 2025 or beyond. Right. Uh, Ayuk has the fifth year option, 2025. Uh, as does, I believe Trey Lance also has his fifth year option that year too. Right. Or some next year. I don't remember, but anyway, it'll be following year. it'll be a following year. So basically like yeah. you're, you're going all in, in your window, which is about three years. It looks like, right. That's what it seems like. And, your other core players like Kittle and, and Fred Warner and those guys will also be around 30 years old or older at that time too. So I feel like they realize that the window is now and that's why they're exploring this. 
Odell Beckham did say that the Niners were one of the teams that did not contact him. He's been contacted by, I believe, four teams, he said, uh, via complex sports. The Niners were not one of them, but we know the Niners uh, move like the G and lasagna just silently through the night, right? So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. But I'm not, I'm not against it. I just don't see a, a really pressing need to do it now. Unless like Debo's injury is more significant than we think it is. I agree. Yeah, he, it's not a need. It's a luxury. Right. hundred percent. And he actually, in the playoffs last year, OBJ had 25 catches for 316 yards and two scores. That's pretty damn good. And obviously he gets hurt in the Super Bowl, but he, you know, NFC championship game nine for 113, and he was two for 52 in the touchdown in the Super Bowl. And he can come in and really give you a little spark there too. And again, yeah, right now, uh, once you got McCaffrey to me, you're all in. I think they're all in this year. So any kind of little signing like that, um, to me, whatever. You know, Eddie D would do it, right? So if Eddie D would bring you in, like pick 94 when they were just an embarrassment of riches, signing guys, Richard Dent, yeah. Ricky Jackson, all those guys. So like, what the hell, man? Bring them in and see what happens. I'm all for it. So it's like uh, it's like rounders, right? It's Teddy, it's uh, Teddy KGB splashing the pot more, right? Yep. That's exactly what they would be doing. And here's the other thing. If they do it now, it doesn't have to. Again, they would. They have the. They have the skill position players to allow him to really work slowly into the offense. And to me, you make that signing with an eye in January, not right now. Like that's not. Right. It's not. It doesn't move the needle now. I mean, it does, but that's a move for January. And if you can enter into January, like I said, with Debo, Kittle, Ayuk. McCaffrey, Mitchell, and now you've got a, a health, a relatively healthy OBJ. Again, like you're you're putting you're putting opposing uh, defensive coordinators in in absolute hell. Like who? Like who? What do you do? Who do you defend? What do you choose? Like it's it it would be. I I don't know that there would be an offense with better skill position players anywhere in the NFL than than in Santa Clara. You, so, do you guys remember when? Sorry, Al, do you guys remember no when Seattle traded for Percy Harvin and it was a big deal? And all of a sudden, everybody's like, "Oh yeah, that's the move that's going to put him over the top." And he he would just hurt all the time. But when it came to like playoff time in the Super Bowl, like he actually had a really he had that kick return for a touchdown in the Super yeah. Bowl, and mm -hmm. and uh, you know it actually proved dividends right for that one game. And I think that nobody talks about that as like a totally failed sort of trade because nobody cares because they won the Super Bowl, right? I think it's kind of that similar sort of concept with Beckham, right? Like, like you said, like he's there for January and Al, I'm glad you brought up the playoffs because that's what I was actually thinking about when, when they made, they made this sort of like, uh, not move, but the, the report came out about the interest behind Odell Beckham. And that's essentially what they want him for. Right. So when you need to play, you need a trusted set of hands. When you need the guy who's been there, done that, a veteran sort of presence there, he's that guy and you may get him for a game or two. He's a hired gun basically. Right. That's, that's what, that's what he would amount to. And you bring those guys in for a game or two and those games are usually in the playoffs. So I'm, you know, if he can, if, if they can get there and get to the playoffs, if they're playing in January and deep into, deep into January and February, Hey, get in the ball. Let's see what happens. Right. But if you're doing this, you better be damn well sure that this is going to be like, all right, like we're, we're, we're going to go all in and we're going to make it. We're going to catch Seattle and pass them. And I do want to talk about catching Seattle later on the show, but, but uh, please, I'll go ahead. Can, I would say before, before we move on Al, can I ask you guys a question? Cause I feel mm -hmm. like there's a name out there that they could sign that I argue would have a bigger impact on the season as a whole than OBJ. And that's 
Ndamukong Sue. Do you think that they would 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 bring him in? Now, here's the here's the reason why I think it, it's a question more than an absolute yes. They've got a tight locker room, and that guy that guy has a reputation for not necessarily being the the best. I don't know. He's he's an a hole, right? He's an a hole at least on the field. I have no idea what he's like in the locker room. But would you agree that you think that would that be a larger impact than bringing OBJ into this offense is adding Sue into the middle of that defense? I mean, I don't know. I think for me, that would depend on Armstead. I think if Armstead is maybe out for longer and they, and they're still, you know, the defense still maybe is a little consistent, like it has been the past few weeks, maybe they would look to make a move like that. But I agree with you with the chemistry too. I don't know that they would want to upset that. Um, I know OBJ isn't always known for, you know, but um, I don't know, man. Yeah, I feel like obviously talent-wise, but I, I wonder about the locker room fit for that too. I don't know if they would do that. Yeah, and we we know that Kinlaw, like at this point, you're not getting anything out of Kinlaw this year. I'm just going to say that right. he just you're just not going to get anything this year out of him. And, yeah. and that was my so, thought was that he would be a Kinlaw replacement and play next to Armstead. Yeah, and, and I think that in that role, I think that it would be interesting, provided that the guy can be on good behavior and, and be a ring chaser and like quietly do his job, right? But right. there's no guarantee of that. And especially when a team, like if they were to like lose a couple of silly games here or there, which happens to any team and every team, tensions get high in the locker room, right? Between the offense and defense, right? Like we saw just yesterday with that improbable comeback with Tom Brady, which by the way, Great bye week for the 49ers. Everything fell in place for them, right? Except for the Seahawks winning, but everything fell into place. All the most of the teams that they needed to lose actually lost, which is fantastic. So, you know, Jalen Ramsey comes out after that game is like, oh, well, the defense should not have been on the field anyways, right? Implying that the offense didn't do their job, right? After a silly loss. So that's the thing that I'm kind of worried about with this team is, is the chemistry in the locker room being upset. It's intriguing. I don't know if I'd do it because that's the one unit on the defensive line where they have the most depth, I feel like. So I, I like the idea. I wouldn't mind if they did it. I just don't know if they will because of the depth that they already have there. Watching football, I watched a lot of football this week, even though the games were absolutely garbage. I always watch a lot of football. But one this season is drunk. It's oh it's man, the most bizarre season I can remember. And I'm just always thinking about like this stuff and why and defenses are adjusting and taking away the deep shots and all this stuff. Here's the other thing that I kind of came to a conclusion with. Most of the quarterbacks in the league suck. Even the good ones <laughs> suck right now. So here's this what I want to do. Yeah. I, want, I want to play a game with you guys. I want to play does my QB yes. suck? And I don't mean like, so we'll obviously bring up Aaron Rodgers. We'll give away the answer for this one. Aaron Rodgers is a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he kind of sucks right now. So does Green Bay's QB suck? Yes. So let's go through the league. I want to see how many QB teams have a QB that does not suck. And I want to see if we can even get to, because we always say top 10, right? Let's mm-hmm. see if we can find a top 10 QBs. Are you guys down with that? Does that sound okay? Yeah. To you? All right. Yeah, let's, do it. let's start. Let's start in the FC West. And Mahomes obviously does not suck. We don't even no. have to talk about that. But the next few QBs may surprise you. Justin Herbert, all the talent in the world. Does he typically suck? No. But right now, yards per attempt is last four games. 671-418-575-570. Everybody's hurt around him. His ribs are probably broken. But he kind of sucks right now feel like he sucks so the chargers kind of suck uh, his, his coach sucks. His, there it is it's his yeah. offensive coordinator sucks. Going all OC? his oc yeah. sucks all i right. think it's a i think i think uh lombardi 
the OC there should be arrested and charged with a crime for what he's done to Justin Herbert. I don't think Justin Herbert sucks. I think his offensive coordinator sucks. And and in turn, you get what you get next year. Personally, yeah, I don't know if that'll happen. All right, so we'll put we'll give Herbert not sucking, even though that kind of goes against this game because he kind of sucks right now. Okay, Um, Denver, Russell Wilson sucks. Sucks. Yes, he sucks. Yes, (laughs) it feels good to say that too. He sucks. (laughs) It's really bad. You say it with conviction. Russell Wilson, he can high knee his way down anything he wants to. He sucks right now. Derek Carr had a really good year last year. Derek Carr looks lost right now. So the Raiders, yeah, you look like you're in a a really good spot, and all of a sudden your QB sucks. Derek Carr sucks right now. It's another one. Here's a whole division, guys. The AFC South. Trevor Lawrence, (laughs) you hoped that he was going to be the next coming, right? He kind of sucks. Yeah, he's not a generational talent. I think that's that's, that's been evident now. It does I think he can good. be a good quarterback. I don't think he's, like you said, the next coming. He's not Andrew Luck, but which right is now, what he was touted to be. Right now, kind of sucks. Uh-huh, 100%. Sam Ellinger, Matt Ryan, uh, yeah. poor Colts. Poor Colts you mean, right now. You mean Jeff Saturday's quarterback? Yeah. Wait, can we talk about that for a second? They hired Jeff Saturday out, of the, like, out of the booth. Like, what are you doing? Like, well, you, we thought, you Not out of the booth, off the sideline right. of off some the- obscure high school in Georgia. Sorry. I think he was just hanging out with her. Sorry, out of the, the studio. Yeah, yeah. like it just I just can't believe they did that. First, you benched Matt Ryan for Ellinger, who was not surprisingly awful. awful this past week. They had one net passing yard in the first half. That's terrible. For for an NFL team in this day and age when passing rules everything, they had one net passing yard. So yeah, they're just a, a mess. That that quarterback sucks. That team sucks, man. That entire organization sucks. Garbage. Sucks. All right, Houston, uh, Davis Mills. We maybe had some hope from him after last year, but sucks. 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 Tennessee, um, they almost beat the Chiefs with five completions. And Ryan Tannehill, when he is healthy, it's kind of just Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill kind of sucks. And Malik Willis, not his fault. I mean, Malik he's Willis is not good not, either. Not his fault. Yeah. Not, he's not good, but it's not his fault. He's just a rookie. All right. We, no. we may start finding some good quarterbacks coming up. Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett may be a good QB right now, one day, but right now he kind of sucks. Tiny hands? Tiny hands, two TDs, eight interceptions. Yeah, Kobe Brissett sucks. We've seen him We've seen him for years. He just kind of sucks. And which game, they've already said it, but which game is Watson coming back? Uh, is it, we, it's soon. Game, 12 games I think he got suspended for. Yeah. Okay. And I watched him in the preseason and he kind of sucked. So let's see what he's doing, you know, two and a half years. I would love, I would love. I would also, love honorable mention, Al, honorable mention to uh, Mitchell Trubisky also sucks because they're rotating quarterbacks yeah. over there in, in Pittsburgh, right? He also he sucks, sucks too. He's also <laughs> so they get a double suck. All right. Okay. So Lamar Jackson does not suck. He does not. No. Under no, no world does he suck. Joe Burrow really? can be inconsistent, but I, he's, I think he's really good. A lot of that's line problems with him. Yeah. When he Zach Taylor sucks. Burrow's really good. Another one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mac Jones had a really good rookie season, but he looks lost That's right now. Sucks. I think a lot of that is the offense, but kind of sucks. Yeah. Okay. Zach Wilson's hot garbage. Terrible. Yeah, and the Jets, look, if the Jets had a quarterback, if the They'd Jets took like Justin Field, they, they would be really dangerous. But mm-hmm. when your quarterback kind of sucks, obviously Josh Allen does not suck. And Tua has gone from maybe kind of sucking to not sucking no, at he's all. A he's having 10. a great season. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a top he's 10 with Mike McDaniels as play caller. Yeah. So last year you say Tua kind of sucks. This year, no, he's taking the step, man. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we have 
six QBs in the AFC that don't kind of suck. And Herbert and the, kind and, of sucks the way he's playing. And who right are now. they? We're saying Alan, Herbert. Allen, Herbert. Wait, let me do Allen, Tua, Mahomes, Herbert, Jackson, and Burrow. Got they it. don't kind of suck. So you have six okay. QBs that don't suck. Right. I mean, three NFC. of those guys, three of those guys are generational talents in Allen, uh, Lamar Jackson, and Mahomes, right? And yeah, Herbert is like bordering on that. But the three of those guys yeah. are like three of the best quarterbacks that we've ever seen. So, yeah. All right. A- NFC South, Marcus Mariota sucks. Not good. Sucks. New Orleans, you could put out Winston or Dalton. They both, Not good. Suck. They both suck. Carolina, it's just a, a trio of of suck. It just whether it's Darnold or um, Mayfield or PJ, whatever the hell his name is, Walker, sucks. Walker, not good. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback to ever play football. Right now, he kind of sucks. He's not playing well. He, yeah. he sucks right now. Yeah. He's going in the kind of sucked. The kind of sucked. Remember, this is not career. This is right now. How are you playing? And right yes. now, Tom Brady kind of sucks. And I would argue that Brady Brady is as good as his offensive line at this point in his career and his offensive yeah. line is atrocious in which means that so is he yeah also really quickly did you guys can you guys believe the drop off for julio jones like i i that's so shocking like yeah, to see like, how far he's fallen yeah just unbelievable because you were talking about this guy like as one of the all-time greats when he was in his prime but now it's just yeah. like he, he can't get the ball can't get open yeah it's unbelievable tough. Yeah. All right. Aaron Rodgers right now, again, first, we said first ballot hall of famer. The guy is one of the most talented quarterbacks I've ever seen, but right now he kind of sucks. Yeah. Not playing well. Um, Jared Goff. He lives kind of sucking. Um, Kirk Cousins. There's six and one, seven and one, whatever you are, but does he, but he's not playing that well. He he kind of sucks, right? (laughs) Do we put him in the kind of okay category? He's, all right, I'm going to put a kind of okay category. But put Kirk hey, is there, is there any other quarterback that you can think of that has consistently, like, really, really solid receiving options other than Kirk Cousins? He went from Stefan Diggs to Adam, uh, and Adam Thielen to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Like, just un- unbelievable. Like, he's just got crazy receivers year in and year out over there. Yeah, but so we'll put him in the kind of okay. Yeah, maybe the, kind of. I would say the most, the, he, the most, he's, the most yards he's thrown for this season is 296 against Chicago in week five. Uh, but he had one touchdown and one interception. So, I mean, this and is the most are, guys, if we say he doesn't yeah. kind of suck, he's going to be a top 10 quarterback in this league. Are we ready for that? Cause I think that's where we're headed. Are we ready to make that statement? I don't know if I'm ready. To Kyle Shanahan that. is. Kyle loves, him. Kyle loves him. Okay. So he's still in the Kirk cousins is in the Kirk cousins category right now. We'll see where we end up with that. All right, it's it's category. <laughs> it is Justin Fields arrow pointing up, my friends. I yeah, I, was say, numbers, dude. I don't know, man. I don't feel like like we have a we have a comment here from uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, but we have a comment here from uh, Griffiths that says that Justin Fields averaging four and a, less than four and a half yards per attempt in 18 starts. That kind of that kind of does suck. I'm, I'm going to look past like this record setting performance, which is fantastic, by the way. But as like a thrower of the football, Justin Fields kind of sucks. He's not very good. <laughs> but who does he have on his team that is a catcher of the football? Like he can be a thrower of the football, but he's quite literally got no one to catch it except Darnell Mooney, who's like five foot four, and that now Chase Claypool in week. You know he's had one week with Chase Claypool. I think I think Justin Fields is growing before our eyes. I don't think he's he's nowhere near a top ten quarterback, and I'm not claiming that. 
but I really, really am genuinely excited about his development. I think he's starting, things are starting to click and they're not going to be good this year because they're the bears and they haven't surrounded him with any level of talent, but Mm -hmm. good for Justin Fields. I like, I like that. He's, that he's growing week by week. And his numbers. Sorry. Donald Mooney, by the way, had had a thousand yards last year though. On 81 catches. I I know. As a as a cube as a wide receiver one though would no, are there any not, other teams no, where Mooney no. is wide receiver one? No, not at all. No. So his last five games or so have been very Kaepernick esque. Fifteen for twenty one for two hundred eight, fourteen to twenty seven, thirteen to twenty one, seventeen to twenty three, seventeen to twenty eight. And he's obviously running the hell out of the ball. Eight for forty seven, twelve for eighty eight. And he looks amazing. 50, Fifteen to one seventy eight. Yeah. So. <sighs> He's going to be okay. So he's going to be in the arrow pointed up category. We're giving him a different category too. Okay. Justin Fields. Okay. All right. So we have oh, two so divisions. Justin Fields left. guy, right? Like I, I like Justin Fields. I was Justin Fields guy before the draft. I was like a Justin Fields. As guy was I. I was. I was hashtag Fields at three. Yeah. All right. NFC East. Uh, Daniel Jones. I don't care how much they win. He kind no. of sucks. Sucks. No. Yeah. Washington's QBs have kind of sucked since. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. Jay Schrader. When's the last good QB they had? It's been a while. Yeah. Ooh, um, Gus Farratt, Gus Farratt, Gus Farratt, man. <laughs> Kirk Cousins was their last good QB, ironically, right? That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But he's in his own category. So Rookie year RG three. <laughs> All right, so we don't have one <laughs> NFC QB yet that doesn't kind of suck. So Dak Prescott, I think, does not. Does I think he does not suck. Dak does not suck. I like that. And Jalen Hurts does not suck this year. Exactly. Don't Jalen Hurts not suck either. Jalen Hurts is yeah. really. 100%. By the way, Jalen Hurts. I mean, have you guys seen just the 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 Leaps that he has made, he's made from last yes. year to this year, unbelievable in terms of processing, in terms of finding the open guy, in terms of getting rid of it when he needs yeah. to. Like it's amazing it's, what it's playing what time and reps get you. Exactly. I hope to see that out of Trey next year. Right, <laughs> that's that's the the, the jump I want to see. Yes, he's been unbelievable. Yes. All right, guys. So we have one division left, and you know what it is, the NFC West. Um, Kyler Murray right now kind of sucks. Kyler the whole sucks, dude. Is out of whack. I know he'd rather be playing video games, but I think he kind of sucks. Also, his coach yeah. really sucks. Too. Cliff Kingsbury, I don't know if he makes it through the season, man. Honestly, I don't know. He may not. He, he may just signed an extension. <laughs> yeah, it's getting ugly. He signed an extension before the season. Yeah, they're in fight. They're fighting on the sidelines and stuff, though. I don't know. They're I don't stuck. know. They're after. That's what happens when your quarterback kind of sucks. Um, Matt Stafford, coming off a of Super Bowl, I've always been a Stafford guy. But right now, Stafford kind of sucks. He sucks, dude, right now. Yeah, I think he's and I think he's got something going on with his elbow. Yeah, I yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I do not think he's healthy, and he's got two seconds to throw, so that doesn't help either. Yeah. Um, Geno Smith does not suck this year. Story of the year, he does not suck this year. He's played really. He does not suck, but I don't. I don't believe in him. I don't believe in. He's not going to. He he's the third ranked quarterback in the league this year. He's not going to. He's not going to do that the entire year. Like also, shout out. I hate saying this, but shout out to Pete Carroll for the job that he's done up there, man. Unbelievable job. Like nobody, nobody saw that coming. Brian, you said Pete Carroll, coach of the year. Absolutely. I hate it, but I absolutely believe it. Like he's done I, an I, amazing job. People love to point out like Nick Sirianni and, and Brian Dable. And, and, and I agree. I think all of those guys are in the discussion. And again, it's a discussion, but there's only one team that I think there were two teams that, that uh, in preseason Vegas over-unders had a lower number than the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seattle Seahawks number was five and a half. They've already exceeded their expected win total for the season. And we're in week 10 now. 
So, hey, kudos, yeah, just just to me, that is that is a better job than than what either one of those guys has done. Not to and that doesn't diminish what Dable or Sirianni have done. All right, guys, final quarterback to see if we can even get a top 10 here. James Richard Garoppolo. He is oh, he man. is he does he has not sucked this year. Nah, he kind he of sucks. Not sucked this year. He has not sucked this year. He has not. Listen, listen. I watched the games. So there's I mean, we can look at the stats and and if the stats say he doesn't suck. We watch the games. We know that there are times there his stats should be worse than they are, right? There's been some dropped picks whatever. But still, but still, outside of that Denver game, he really has done what has been asked of him and ultimately that's really all that you can expect from your QB2 who has taken over for your injured QB1. That's all I'm saying. So does he go in the kind of the kind of okay Kirk Cousins category? Do he's top? Yes, he is top fifteen for this season. I I'm hard pressed to put him in top ten, but he is top fifteen. Absolutely, uh, there right. aren't there are not fifteen. There are not other. You know, there are fifteen quarterbacks that are performing worse than than Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's. I don't think that's controversial. Yeah, so I, guess I think that the other thing that we we should look at is not only the you know, statistics, like statistically he's better. Like everything is, his interception percentage is, is way down. He's, he's thrown more touchdowns at this point than last year. And he's generally throwing for higher completion percentage as well. And like, even if you, even if you look at last game and say, okay, well, that was like a one game thing. Like, even if you look at that and say like, oh, well, like that's not the, that's, that's the exception, not the rule. He's throwing them all downfield with accuracy, like deep down the field. And we haven't seen that in years from him, literally. Like, you know, even even three to four attempts per game, right? Like, we're so used to them playing in, like, a 15-yard box where he's not throwing it down the field. Like, he's he's actually throwing those balls on the money. And a lot of them are dropped, unfortunately, right? Because they keep targeting Ray-Ray McLeod and Charlie, Charlie Warner down the field, right, for some reason. But, like, he is a different quarterback this year than he's been in the years past in the first half of the season. It doesn't reflect in the record, but he's been much better. So, definitely doesn't suck. All right, guys. So here's here's our list, the way that I have it. The only QBs in the NFL playing right now that are playing in a way that they don't suck at this moment are Josh Allen, Tua, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, even though uh, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, Prescott, Jalen Hurts, and Geno Smith. So that's nine. And the, then there's the kind of okay Kirk Cousins category that has Kirk Cousins in it. In the are we seriously still talking about Jimmy Garoppolo category that has Jimmy Garoppolo in it? And the arrow pointed up that has Justin Fields. That is the state of the NFL right now. No Stafford, it's no tough. Brady, no Rodgers, no Russell Wilson, because they all kind of suck. That's where we are. And then you have a season like this. It's a tough look. That's how you get a season like this, right? Yeah, That's how you get really a season. Tough. By the way, the 49ers at four and four, the only team in the NFC at 500. The, every other team is either below 500 or above 500. The 49ers are the only team in the NFC at four and four at exactly 500. Just so again, just a weird. So just a, <laughs> hey, Hey, after that Denver game, I didn't think they'd be at four and four. I'll tell you that much. Oh man. That, I did, that is what you pay Josh in hand nine and a half million the season for Give me that 500 record into the buy, right? That's yeah, what we that's want. What it- well, we can get into it next show, but I just think they're just going to drive me crazy every single regular season. But then if they get in the playoffs, they're a tough out. So maybe that's just what they're going to do. Built for the right, guys, I, think, I think we got to go, even though we could talk about this for a while more. But we'll be back later in the week. So for Brian and Zane, 
I'm out. Peace. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.